The App Guy Podcast. Steve Richardson, you had a few thoughts on the interview. Uh, Paul, yeah, I just wanted to say thank you. It's, it's been such an enjoyable experience to, to be on your show. I really enjoy the comfortable way that you conduct an interview and just how easy the flow was. And so I really appreciate the opportunity to be on the show. And I really do look forward to being back to discuss advances of where we're going. The App Guy Podcast. Yes, welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm Paul Kemp, and it's with great pleasure that I get some interesting guests from around the world. And sometimes they're in Thailand, sometimes they're in Bali, and they're always in more exotic places than I seem to be, which is the reason for doing this show. But we have authors, entrepreneurs, and we've got someone who's going to be really interesting to talk to because. I think you'll find his story in, uh, inspiring, and so if you are uh, an indie app developer, a web developer, uh, if you're into technology, or if you just want to make a change in your life, then I do think that this is going to be the episode for you. So let me introduce our guest. Uh, he's all the way from San Francisco. Uh, his name is uh, Carl Mattiola, and he is a software entrepreneur, and he is the founder of Clinic Metrics, and uh, he's doing a lot of interesting things in San Francisco. And so it's just a really warm welcome to you, Carl, uh, to the App Guy podcast. Yeah, thanks. It's great to be on. We're thrilled that you could spend the time and talk a little bit about your journey. It'd be good to go back uh, to the time when you founded uh, Clinic Metrics. Uh, what gave you the inspiration to found that company? Uh, and perhaps we're going to explore as well uh, what got you into software and, and how you knew that was your passion. So perhaps you could just tell us a little bit about that and your background, yeah? <laughs> That's a long, uh, I'll try to keep it quick. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I've always been interested in I guess, you know, going back to school um, when I was in college, you know, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Started studying business, was a little bit bored with with studying only business. So um, I joined uh, another uh, program where I was studying sort of, you know, uh, software engineering, and and I was just you know really in- interested in that and saw a lot of potential there and it was fun I actually liked being hands-on and technical so um, yeah so I started there graduated at, you know with a uh, job uh, working on software for Johnson & Johnson and then uh, you know bounced around to a, di- a few different um, software companies out here in San Francisco and ended up at Tesla last uh, so I was working on everything digital for Tesla Motors and uh, kind of realized I wanted to do something on my own after having a handful of great jobs that, you know, I thought were going to be awesome for me. But in the end, they never made me really happy. I really kind of knew that I needed and wanted to do something on my own. So, um, yeah, I was fortunately kind of on my way to Tesla one day listening to Pat Flynn's podcast and heard one um, episode about uh, with Dane Maxwell in it. And I ended up, you know, joining his program there and, uh, you know, helped me kind of really all I I had the skills to do this. It just was something where I needed, uh, 
you know, to get over some beliefs that I kind of had that were holding me back. And that, that helped me to do that. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, six months after that, I had a company that was already launched and, you know, uh, customers on it and, and happy customers paying customers. So, uh, yeah, so that's great. Well, yeah, I love how really a lot well. of these journeys, uh, they, they actually are um, from listening to podcasts in the car and we can just get inspired at any time. And, you know, if you're listening to this in the in the car right now, you can change your life. You can make that change and it, it doesn't really take that much. It just takes a, a choice. And you obviously chose to uh, make the change. And what gave you the idea with... Um, clinic metrics well I, I i started by looking at different markets and i i created a list based on some criteria you know making sure it was a big enough market that it was growing that you know there was a need for technology in it and i saw physical therapy on the list um and i was immediately attracted to it because i actually you know played football in college and i hurt my shoulder um and uh, worked with a PT to get over that injury and had a really good, fun experience, was able to recover, didn't end up needing surgery, and I uh, was really, you know, I just had a good experience there. And so when it came time for me to be looking at doing something else, I chose to look into that market. And basically what I did was I, I called and asked a lot of questions and of people who owned physical therapy practices about what their biggest challenges were and heard a lot of different problems and this one kind of spoke to me and I heard it a lot so I decided to build something to uh, solve it and uh, yeah that's that's how it all got started. Well the interesting theme here is we've just recently had a guest on from Chic CEO the founder and uh, she mentioned and time and time again we, we come back to this it's problem solving and, you know, as app developers, uh, we're not very good at, some of us are not very good at solving problems. And you can just look at the App Store and how many clones there are of different uh, games. Uh, Flappy Bird, for example, is cloned all <laughs> over the place. And uh, that's not really solving a problem. And so uh, I love the fact that you actually got on the phone and you, you really investigated the, the pain points that these businesses were, uh, you know, having. And, and you achieved a, a solution for that. And, solved a real problem in the world and uh, so, so um, how did it go from there then you you uh, obviously have got the idea uh, how did you make that happen how did you move it forward from there well I actually just designed it um, use you know wireframed it using keynote and keynotopia um, which is a tool I really like and uh, I presented it to a bunch of practice owners that that had been interested in solving that problem and they liked it, and so I uh, actually asked them to pay for it in advance before I built it. So I collected, uh, you know, some some income up front in order, and I did that because I really wanted to validate the idea and make sure it was something people were were, were actually going to pay for. So uh, yeah, I, I had them pay in advance, and um, and then I kicked off development after I met my goal. Uh, of how many people I wanted to, to sell in advance and stuff and uh, use that money to help, you know, fund development there and built it and, and then launched it, you know, within, I think it was like a month and a half. It took me to launch the first version, um, which was very, very basic, very MVP 
um, and and have been building it out and growing it ever since. Well, you mentioned up front that you uh, weren't that interested in business studies, but you seem to have um, been very uh, very <laughs> astute because. No, I was interested in business. It was just you know in in college when you're learning a broad like business degree and you're learning all these little things there. None of it was very, uh, yeah, none of it was very exciting back then. Well, it's not very relevant, I, is it? You know, I mean, yeah, exactly. And, and and the other thing is, like, I personally, like, if you're in school and you're not happy and you're like, you know, I, I, I did well in school, you know, I got decent grades, but I, I wouldn't say I enjoyed it. Um, you know, I, I, I much, um, you know, I, I enjoyed half of school school because I double majored right the one half was really fun because I was learning by doing and the other half was just like traditional you know reading and then taking tests and you know that wasn't so so great so um, yeah I much prefer to learn by trying stuff and taking action and you know this was a, a good you know great learning experience that's probably i value that more than anything else so learning while doing uh, is definitely the key there and uh too many of us uh, just uh, sit back and especially in software it's quite easy never to pick up the phone and uh, never to get out there and so uh i do think that uh, you know i'm gonna have to ask you did mention that you were at telsa and uh, what did what was elon musk like to work for did uh you st- stumble across him that often? Yeah, he was, uh, you know, I mean, it was just a really inspiring place to work. Um, we, you know, were building something and building a company there that, that really, I believe, is going to change the world. And, uh, you know, that was the way Elon kind of pitched things to, to his employees. And he recruited that kind of talent that wanted to be part of something like that and it was hard it wasn't an easy place to work it was very demanding you know a lot of work um it was really chaotic it was like a big startup um a lot of companies tell you that when you're getting hired for some reason it's like they pitch things as like a big startup but that's the only one which really actually operated like that um it was you know it was really fun you know everybody works really hard to solve problems and uh get stuff done and uh you know really whatever it takes to get to meet the goals that we we wanted to meet and uh yeah it might sound like something you know everywhere would say but at this place you know it was really true and and uh yeah it was it was fun i learned a lot there um just wasn't for me to you know and being an employee just wasn't for me so otherwise i probably would stay there (laughs) <laughs> We've had a few people on the show where they um, they openly admit they're just totally unemployable, and there's something about working for your own business that just um, makes you really hard to uh, fit in. You've mentioned that you've got a smartphone. We love talking about apps. It is the App Guy podcast, and perhaps you could pull out your phone and tell us some some of the apps that you're using in your uh, your business or even your personal life. We we just love learning about new apps. Um, I'll start with the business stuff, right? So the main app that I well, one thing that I, li- I like to do is I like to record phone calls. Um, and recording phone calls is important to me because um, I like to learn from, you know, the customers that I talk to. Um, you know, I'll be doing testimonials. I'll be doing, 
you know, just regular sales calls, uh, things like that. And, and I really enjoy listening back to them and learning from them. And to be honest, I haven't found an app that I'm happy with yet. Um, so well, there uh, you go. They, there's you, as you've thrown <laughs> the gauntlet out to the audience. If you're listening now, quickly pick up your pen and uh, take some notes. Yeah. No, if somebody wants to come up with something great that, that can handle this, I mean, I have this one called Tape a Call Pro, and I believe they had an older version that worked really well. The new version sucks because, you know, I mean, it's annoying. So there's a law in California that says you have to let people know, you know, if you're going to record the phone. And that's fine. You know, I let people know if I'm going to record the phone, the phone call. But what happens is Tape a Call Pro beeps in the background during the entire call. And it's really annoying because like, <laughs> they want to let they want to let the other person know that it's recording and they're trying to do that. So people can't record the call without saying it. You know, I'm going to you know, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with, you know, some other method or whatever where it says, OK, I'm going to record this call or, you know, in the beginning, if you click the button, it says, oh, this is being now recorded or whatever. You know, I'm fine with all that. Um, a better solution around that, you know, something that doesn't beep the whole time um, would be great. So yeah, I, yeah, I've got the perfect found... solution for you. You just pick up the phone to the NSA and say, hey, could you just give me the copy that you've made uh, for my current phone call? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somebody should create an app. <laughs> they could that. make a lot of money from you know, selling the phone calls that have been recorded uh, unauthorized. And... Yeah. Yeah, for uh, sure. Tape, tape, that's tape a call, is it? That, that, uh, is it the iPhone that's you're carrying fun. around? Yeah. I am, yeah, I've got nice. It's just stupid that it works that way. I haven't experimented with too many others, but I have a lot of friends who have and haven't found much. Does it record Skype calls as well? I mean, that's the one I'm looking for. No, I do have a good one that records Skype calls, but I generally don't. Uh, I use Call Recorder on my Mac that records Skype calls. I don't know if there's one you can do on the phone that does that that might be interesting actually yeah there's another idea we always get these great ideas i mean i'm doing now some uh, some podcasts where i'm actually uh, using my phone and uh, it would just be great to be able to uh, have uh, the ability to record a skype call on the phone so um two two ideas already and we're not even got halfway through your <laughs> yeah sure i would totally pay for a table like a, a, a either type of recording app I paid ten bucks for this one, you know. I, I'd pay for whatever. I'd pay more than that if it was a good one that wasn't going to beep or do stupid things. Right. Um, anyway, uh, what else do I have here? Um, trying to think of the ones that I actually use. I use Evernote to keep track of things, and I'm sure a ton of people do that. Um, I use. Do you actually um, pay for Evernote? Are you a premium subscriber now? No, I, I'm not. I don't use it a ton. Yeah, it's okay. It's just they, they've they've reduced the um, uh, the amount you can upload. It's quite restrictive. And uh, okay, yeah, I, I didn't notice that. Um, I don't use it a ton. Uh, what else am I using for business? So I have a CRM and I use Base, and they have a nice, very nice mobile app. Um, as far as CRM goes, uh, that I that I really like. Um, I also use Mint um, to keep track of, you know, see where my money is and going, and I kind of like that. Yeah, too. we had a great episode uh, with Chris Miles, who uh, t talked about Mint. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know if you've come across Chris Miles. He's the founder of uh, Money Ripples, and uh, mm -hmm. yeah, we were talking about that. And uh, we had the another episode with Jesse Meekham from uh, You Need a Budget as well. 
yeah, all, you know, all these apps, um, th those are t two particular apps that help you uh, with budgets. And uh, I've never used Mint uh, being in the UK, but uh, what, what features uh, does it have? I mean, it's cool because it allows you to just see, you know, it automatically kind of categorizes where you're spending and you can see where your money's going. So it's just interesting to, to check it out and you can set alerts on things and stuff. It's just, it's a really good uh, app. You know, it's better on the computer than on the phone, but it's, uh, yeah, it's a good app either way. Um, oh, and uh, one, one of my favorite apps um, is uh, Pocket. So I love Pocket. I use that on a daily basis um, for reading purposes. So it's like, it used to be called Read It Later. So I'm sure people are familiar with it, but it's great because you can, um, you know, I, I don't just use it to like for stuff that I just want to read later. I actually use it like, I don't know if people remember Delicious. It was an old Yahoo. Yeah. Yeah. I used to love Delicious to keep track of like cool articles and stuff. And now I use Pocket for that because Delicious doesn't seem to work the same way as it used to. Um, and Pocket has an app which is great so i can you know read any of the stuff that um you know if i'm out somewhere and i you know have have time i can uh read some things so yeah i like that um i like the kindle app for that reason as well is that a ring is that the, us being recorded is it is that... <laughs> <laughs> no no <laughs> that tape call um, that would be a yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so th th there's some really good suggestions, and uh, I mean, I love the fact that you, uh, I was using Pocket App uh, a, a long time ago, and I've, I've since stopped using it. I might pick that one up again. Uh, so, have you thought about apps for your clients? Has any clients of yours said, you know, what are you doing on the iPhone or the Android? Have you, have you been? Uh, is there any push for your business to create an app? No. Um... People want to use my my uh, service on their phone, but it's already just a responsive website, and I don't see the benefit of having an app for it instead. I mean, there's there's not much functionality that would be needed. You know, it, it works pretty well as it is, as much as they would want to do on their phone. I think. Yeah, the, I mean, clearly there's still um, you know like a lot of uh, a lot of businesses like yourself who are going down the responsive route. I mean. Uh, do you have any views on whether um, you know generally uh, re responsive is um, well, it, you know, is worth it compared to native? Um, do you do you feel like native apps? Uh, that I think it's def yeah, definitely. If 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 there's a use case where people are going to use your app, your uh, product, you know, a lot on the phone and on the go, um, you know, a native app is a good idea. There's nothing wrong with that, but. Um, you know, uh, it's more, you know, it's a better experience, obviously, if you have a native app. Um, but the downside to it is that they have to actually go ahead and install it. And so, you know, you've got to get people to actually do that. And um, that might not happen as often as when people just, you know, hit the website and, and try to try to use it there. And, you know, for me, it's yeah. For me, it's development costs right now. I mean, if I if I had a ton of people wanting to do it, you know, and it was like a make it or break it feature for them, then I would absolutely do it. But right now, it doesn't make sense for me anyway. 
Yeah, almost, um, you know, development costs for an app, it, it, they are, it's high, you know, especially writing in uh, Xcode. And maybe there needs to be a solution there in terms of um, t taking some of the burden about the upfront costs of an app, perhaps, uh, you know, taking some of the risk as well and spreading it out, maybe building a, a smaller version to test the water. But it, you're right, there are so many businesses like yourself don't go and develop a native app just simply because you know the upfront cost and the time and the effort to do that is just uh is too much and uh it's such a shame but and and, and i also think that apple are to blame a little yeah. bit because yeah. they're still selling phones with very small memory and uh, i do meet people who are reluctant to download apps because they're running out of uh, memory on their 16 gigabyte iphone you know with a few photos on there and some of the apps now it's it soon gets eaten up i mean i download apps all the time but i mean i'm slightly different i guess than uh, the average uh, person you know with apps so <laughs> yeah 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 for a lot of people it's a it's a you know, it's a hurdle. So, so you've uh, talked a little bit about pain points uh, with your phone, and and we always like to try and explore. You're a successful entrepreneur working, a, you know, at Clinic Metrics, and you founded the company. Uh, can you think about uh, potential pain points in your business at the moment that you're, you're currently having, and, and we can explore the idea of potentially an app that, to solve those uh, pain points? Obviously, recording a call would be great. Um, that's a really simple one. Um, that hopefully someone can tackle someday. Well, we, we could explore that. So explore that. So you record calls um, because you want to record the information from clients and store them. Uh, almost then we can take that to the next stage where you need then to have them um, organized for you. Those the, what, what do you do once you record a call? How do you organize that data? This app that I have here, basically, it, it actually has a somewhat decent way of organizing it. It just, you know, it, it puts the uh, date and the phone number next to it. Um, and then I can click on it and play it or forward it to, um, you know, an email address or something. Really, like, the best thing, though, would be if I could just, you know, have them all saved somewhere and in um like google drive or dropbox or whatever if it just automatically saved them there for me then that would that would you know save a lot of hassle and uh i would always have a place where they can go and uh then i could rename them and stuff there that's not that's not the the issue yeah i almost think as well with audio you know given that i live in the audio land of podcasting uh, we do need the ability to search audio with keywords and, and i mean actual audio uh, and keyword search within the the audio itself because yeah i mean i'm sure that if you recorded quite a lot of conversations then you like during this conversation right now this chat we're having uh, it's hard to recollect the uh, where you got that information from, the call, the specific call, the date, the time, and go back to that file. And, and wouldn't, wouldn't it be great to have an app where it would re record these uh, conversations that you're having uh, frequently and then uh, store them in a way where you can search through the audio um, for particular words that were mentioned and, and get the clip of that particular part of the chat and and use that then to to get the information that you were looking for i think that would be cool. yeah that would be pretty cool um for me it's probably overkill but you know uh it would definitely be cool to have that type of feature 
great. Well, we always love drilling down to these ideas because uh, people listening uh, are app developers and uh, we like to try and generate some potential ideas. Have uh, Often ideas come uh, uh, whilst you're driving in the car or uh, in the shower. Have you had any thoughts about, uh, oh, that would make an interesting app <laughs> that we could uh, try and steal from you? You know, like, uh, often people think about... Uh, Oh, that would make a good app or even like it doesn't have to be an app um you know and, uh, any more ideas i mean you've obviously come up with a really great idea that's working fantastically for you but uh, have you thought of any other ideas i haven't thought of consumer type apps you know b2b apps i i think about pretty often uh yeah like it it would it would be cool to be able to see kind of i know i know there's there's a there's a google analytics app that that somebody created that's pretty good that I haven't explored, but I'd be more actually interested in, you know, some sort of interface for, um, where I can see leads come in and look at where they're, look at where they're coming from and things like that. Um, on my phone that, that could be somewhat useful. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm using a uh, for this podcast series, I'm using Squarespace, and they recently uh, released an iPhone app that enables you to track uh, the metrics. And uh, it's like anything, you know, once it's on your phone and it's an easy to use app, you find that you use it a lot more than than it is if you're it's just left on your desktop as a as a website. That's true because yeah, it's yeah. literally one click away, and your your phone's with you all the time. Yeah. Right now, how I have this set up is if somebody signs up for my you know, service online or they sign up for a demo or something, I, I get a text message, which is nice because I could, you know, potentially call the person real quick, um, you know, to, to, to increase, you know, like to, to engage with them right away. Um, you know, what would be really useful, though, is if I saw that come in and I was able to do something like with Reportive where, you know, it I don't know if you know what Reportive is, but Reportive is great. Reportive shows you like all, like if an email, you know, you have. Yeah, I've got, I use that. I use yeah, it. Yeah, it's awesome. So if you've got Reportive, you know, they don't have a, an app. Um, some, if something that did something similar to that would be awesome on the phone, where if you had an email address come in, um, you know, if you had it, you know, or you could click on it and then you could see, you know, some you open it in reportive or something or open it in whatever this app would be, see where they're, you know, see what their social, you know, stuff is and see who they are and try to figure that out. That would be useful business wise for me as well. Yeah. Do you think that you're really onto something there? Because some of the most interesting apps that guests have talked about are things that do the uh, everything in one app. And so um, there was recently a, a mention that an app called Cal, uh, it's a calendar app, and it, it pulls everything you need uh, into that uh, one app. And it, it just predicts things that you need as well. And it's really useful. Uh, we had the founder of um, Square One Mail, which is a new app coming on uh, the App Store. It's just been released recently. And, uh, and that does a lot of interesting things with mail and uh, really helps you organize all the different mail, the mail emails that you get every day and uh, just easy, it makes your life easier. And I think that all these apps are there to pull information and just make the information a little bit easier to access uh, rather than just jump around all over the place. Uh, so I think you're onto something there, Carl. 
Yeah, I won't be building it, but if somebody else wants to build it, <laughs> yeah. you know, go for it and let me know, especially the recording one. I would love to hear if, if people uh, have suggestions there of other apps or if they feel like building one, I would, yeah, I'd be really interested in... Uh, well, you're re you're reaching an app audience, so uh, <laughs> there, there is you're you're almost throwing a gauntlet out to yeah. us. So, and, uh, we would we'd love to be able to do that for you. So, Carl, I was just wondering, um, you know, maybe there's a potential clients listening. What sort of clients are you attracting to, to Clinic Metrics? What type of people? Uh, perhaps you could just explain that, that your perfect client. Uh, yeah. So, um, my my perfect client is. Uh, you know, a physical therapy practice owner right now. That's who my main uh, uh, audience is and uh, or, you know, anybody who's in a physical therapy practice. Um, generally, the people who benefit the most from, from my service is people that are looking to grow their practice. So if they have one facility, they're looking to, you know, get a little bit bigger, maybe expand to several um, or, you know, even, even more so the people who have, you know, several facilities already. So, um, yeah, those are the types of, uh, clients that, you know, get the most benefit and, and really enjoy my service the most. Um, so yeah, it's also useful to people who, um, it really, there's a few people, and it works for any any medical profession, really. So, some people there are using it. I just don't market to anything but physical therapy, and I'm kind of focused on solving this for that first before I venture out into other markets. And uh, is it an international product? No. Um, well, I do have some customers in uh, New Zealand for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, I don't know how they found me. I think uh, I'm not really sure. I, I I do have customers in New Zealand, but so I guess it is international. I've had people reach out from uh, Europe and stuff, but I'm not localized or anything yet. So, you know, it would present a problem. So I'm not really focused on um, anywhere outside the U.S., uh, you know, and, and Canada right now. So. Uh, how can they reach out and connect with you? Uh, perhaps you're, you're uh, someone's listening who is a, a physical therapist and uh, they'd want to reach out, or anyone uh, that you've inspired. What's the best way of connecting with you, Carl? Yeah, you can email me at carl at carlmattiola.com or, or carl at clinicmetrics.com. Either one will come to me. Great. Well, I thoroughly appreciate your time. I know that uh, it's been a joy uh, speaking with someone uh, so close to Silicon Valley and in the heart of uh, the, the uh, technological uh, center of the world. And Carl, it's been a real pleasure for you joining us on the App Guy podcast. Uh, we'd love to have you back. And uh, you've got a load of ideas there. And I'm sure that anyone listening, uh, you know, you need to pick that up and uh, start working on it because you've got at least one one customer who's willing to pay more than $10 for an app, which is uh, quite amazing. Yeah, yeah, I know a lot of other people who want that. Too, right. So. Okay. Well, there you go. So, uh, it could actually... Um, be worth it because uh, I, I've re released a lot of apps and, and some of them have funny actually attracted about three or four downloads so that <laughs> could be a, anything more than 10 is a good is a good uh, <laughs> is a success for me um, Carl it's been a it's yeah. been a joy and thanks for coming on the app guy podcast we fully appreciate it and uh, we'll see you uh, 
again soon. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. If you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone, then please send an email to info at onemob.com. The App Guy Podcast 